0: Hi mining community, welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep the Mining Podcast and we welcome back a returning guest who I think he's been on, this is his sixth time uh, and I think he last appeared at the end of 2022. So a regular guest on the show um, is Christian Kapoor who's the Senior Analyst at the World Gold Council um, and he's here to discuss um, what's happened uh, with gold demand trends in quarter two and um, and obviously, beginning part of the year, and possibly what's happening for the remainder of the year and the mark, gold market outlook. So um, that's welcome, Krishna, to the podcast. How you doing, Krishna?
1: Oh well, Rob, thank you. Uh, good to speak to you again.
0: Yeah, certainly. As I mentioned, you've been on six—I think six times now. So um, those that hadn't listened to previous episodes, I just wondered if you can just give us a quick summary of yourself and obviously what the, gold Council act, uh, what the Gold Council does.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as you've mentioned, I'm a senior analyst here at the World Gold Council working in the research team. Um, and the World Gold Council is a, a kind of a, an association of members of gold, gold mining companies uh, and we look to, to kind of provide education on, on gold, its merits as an investment, but generally um, looking to develop the market in any way that we feel is appropriate. So we're very much uh, what we feel our authority on gold um, in terms of of insight. Uh, and we look to share as much of that insight and data as we can do uh, with, with some of our, our research, with our online uh, property, such as goldhub.com. Um, and certainly, uh, on on uh, conversations like this, it's certainly useful to help um, get the message out about gold, certainly.
0: Um, you recently published uh, the latest gold demands trends report for uh, quarter two of this year. Um, just wondering you just give us an overview of uh, obviously the the gold market over the last quarter?
1: Yeah, sure. So gold demand trends is our our flagship report. It comes out quarterly, and, as you rightly says, gives an overview of uh, the demand and supply dynamics that we've seen. And, and the most recent report, which focuses on Q2, uh, we saw the actual global gold demand declined 2% year on year to 921 tonnes. Um, now, the reasons for that are, are mixed. Gold is a very um a very unique market in terms of the sectors that that uh that exist within it and how they behave depending on, on market conditions. So what we really saw in Q2 was uh it was gold was benefited from, from uh central bank buying, which remains robust. Um, and in fact, if you look at H1 as a whole for 2023, it's it's a record first half. Um, but not only was it central banks, we also saw it's supported by healthy uh, investment markets, um, particularly in in China um, and Turkey, uh, and and also resilient jewelry demand. So in, even in the face of higher gold prices, so there are a couple of dynamics there that really, um, really we can delve into to help explain why gold behaved the way it did over Q2. Um,
0: you mentioned obviously um, supply gold supply in the industry and um, mine production reach, reaching 900 and 21 tons in quarter 2 um uh, which amounts to a record um uh, mine production of 1781 tons um what would you say is behind that trend um and how how have things moved on from 2022
1: yeah, it's, it's a good question. So you're absolutely right. So Q2, we actually saw record gold wine production for that quarter, um, narrowly beating, I think it's Q2 in 2018. Um, and when you do add that up with the Q1 2023 total itself, a record for Q1, uh, we get the, the half-year uh, record wine production that you mentioned. Now, in Q2 specifically, the reasons that we saw for the increase in wine in production were twofold, really. So the first was seasonality. So in Q1, uh, and, and generally this happens at the start of every year, we come out of the winter uh, and then for those jurisdictions which are, are more severely impacted by the colder weather, um, they obviously see their wine production drop uh, um, but as we move into Q2, you tend to see that pick up, um, and again, that's that's a seasonal trend that we see uh, in most years. Um, so that's certainly one reason why we're starting to see a pick up again in in mine production on a quarterly basis. The other one is down to a ramp up of. Um, production or, or I should say, um, uh, projects in certain jurisdictions. So, for example, we saw um, a a ramp up in some of the uh, projects that uh, are taking place in in Ghana. So Bibiani and Obawasi were two that were were picking up their production levels. Um, And and similarly, I think we saw in Russia, too. The other thing I would mention related to that is actually... uh, many mines or a number of mines, say, for example, in South Africa, which are now back up to operating at full capacity, haven't been impacted by uh, things like uh, production strikes um, that, that have been going uh, going on in the last couple of quarters uh, or year or so. Um, the one thing that's also worth noting, um, as you, you asked about the change to 2022, was very much COVID. Now, it's not something that we mentioned heavily in the report. And that really talks to the point that Actually, the impact of COVID on gold wine production has now pretty much worked its way out of, out of the data. Certainly, we saw far fewer disruptions so far this year related to COVID, um, and none more so was that relevant than in China. So China uh, reported, I believe, a year-on-year increase. Um, and if you look back to where we were in 2022, China was still going through a number of COVID-related lockdowns um, because of of uh, an increase in infections move forward to this year in comparison there were none so certainly um removing that uh that factor from from the picture certainly means that um it helps to boost overall wine production when so many of the uh, projects around the world are able to operate at uh, at close or at full capacity
0: um looking ahead do you expect production to remain uh, quite high for the rest of the year uh, of the year and do you see particular countries um i suppose increasing their production maybe from last year any countries or jurisdictions
1: yeah it's a good question i think based on the data that we have available currently I think we're we're uh, forecasting or, or are optimistic that potentially 2023 might be um, uh, an, an annual record for mine production, given what we've seen so far in H1. Um, however, there are always caveats with any sort of outlook or forecast, so we need to be aware that that there could be unforeseen stoppages potentially or, or events an impact on, on mine production. But again, being unforeseen, it's very hard to predict. Um, and then we should also be mindful of uh, gold mining costs. So all uh, these sustaining costs have actually been rising. Uh, I think Q1 2023 saw a record quarterly average, all uh, these sustaining costs. So the, the inflation picture or, or story is certainly impacting mine production. So that's always a, a factor to bear in mind. But, but nonetheless, as I said, we remain optimistic on, on wine production for, for the full year. Uh, and certainly we feel that it could get close if not beat the, the previous record. Um, and in terms of countries, certainly as a couple I've mentioned, so Russia, where we've seen some pickup in, in, in the pipeline and, and Ghana, especially where we've seen, uh, as I said, Bibliani and um, Owasi really ramp up. Um, they're some of the countries that are worth, worth keeping an eye on in terms of production uh, and, and the contribution that they'll make to overall annual production this year.
0: You mentioned obviously all the sustaining costs as uh, the average has increased do you know what figure it's increased from to, to what it is now?
1: Yeah absolutely so we, we we published a blog on our website I mentioned it earlier goldhub.com um, and, and we cover it quarterly so we provide the data as well as uh, provide the overall uh, number so all the sustaining costs um, in Q1, it's always lagged by about a quarter purely because of the data availability, but in Q1, we saw it increase about 6% quarter on quarter, and that was to around 1,358 ounces, so it's it's a, a much higher level than it has been again inflation in in terms of things like input costs. Um, are certainly a, a big driver of that the 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 war in the ukraine unfortunately led to obviously a big pickup in in some inputs like oil uh and energy which again fed through into higher costs for, for miners so we're certainly we're certainly seeing um margins margins being reduced but obviously the um the average um, the average gold price that we're seeing at the moment uh, again uh, for the quarter I think was particularly high. so um, it's certainly a, an interesting dynamic that we're seeing at the moment um, and and one that we'll be watching play out for the rest of the year. Um, looking at the demand side
0: of things, um, obviously central banks the uh, uh, central bank demands obviously continues to remain high. Uh through through not at obviously record levels seen in the second half of last year. Um, I was just wondering if you just tell us a little bit more about the buying and selling of gold reserves so far this year.
1: Yeah, I look, I mean, central banks there have been a um a real highlight and a, a real area of focus for everyone. Who's, who's kind of got an interest or works within the gold market because it has been such a huge area of demand. As you rightly say, we saw a massive, massive pickup in central bank demand at the tail end of last year in H2. And that strength has really continued into H1 this year. So in Q2, in particular, we saw 103 tons of um, of net purchases from central banks. Now, that's a healthy number, although it was down quarter on quarter and year on year. Um, but as I said, if you combine that with the Q1 number, um, we get 387 tonnes of net purchases for H1 2023. And that's a record first half in our data series back to 2000. So it really highlights the point I made about the strength in central bank demand still being there and the continuation of a long-standing trend of central banks buying gold that we've seen since uh, about 2010. Um, what we're seeing at the moment is very much uh, a mixture um, of demand from both emerging markets and developed markets. Um, primarily on the emerging market side, we saw banks like the Bank of China, uh, Bank, uh, you know, the National Bank of Poland um, were, were big purchases during the quarter. Um, and they're, they're familiar buyers, but, but certainly it goes to show that the, you know, the sentiment towards gold is still very positive. And in fact, we, we published results of our Annual central bank survey uh, in May, which again helped to support our belief that central banks still remain very, very positive towards gold. And that supports the numbers that we've seen. The one big story of the central bank space was Turkey. Now, Central Bank of Turkey uh, has for a number of years now been a a pretty significant buyer of gold, but they abruptly flipped to being a net seller in March, uh, and that continued into April and May at pretty large volumes. And the reason for that was very much down to local dynamics following the unfortunate earthquake that um, that occurred in Turkey earlier in the year. They suspended or, or temporarily banned some of their imports of gold, um, and then following that there was a surge in demand, so a supply gap emerged and the central bank stepped in to help fill that uh, supply gap by selling from their own their own uh, international reserves. So that was very much a, a, an, an event-driven um, period of sales from the, the Central Bank of Turkey. And it acted like a significant drag on on the overall Q2 number. But certainly, um, we didn't didn't believe that that was a sustained change from the central bank of Turkey. And in fact, they resumed buying in June um, data we've just published in the last week, um, which hopefully helps to reinforce that despite the selling that we saw from Turkey in particular in Q2 and the slightly lower overall uh, net purchases in Q2, The kind of the trend that we've seen in central banks is still very much still very much positive and still very much in place.
0: Um, And if we look at sort of investment demand, um, what were some of the most interesting trends you saw uh, during quarter two uh, in regards to gold investment?
1: It was really a, a a story or a picture of, of, of two different components. So uh, investment, we the way we measure it is made up of bars and coins. So typically bought by a retail investors, so one kilogram and less uh, on the one side. And then on the other side, you've got gold ETFs. Um, now, if we start with the gold ETF side, we actually saw outflows of around 21 tons in uh, Q2. Now, while that's obviously showing disinvestment it is actually an improvement on q2 in 2022 where we saw 47 tons of outflows so that's still a a, a kind of a a positive story and then if you combine that with the q1 inflows that we saw sorry yeah the, the the outflows we saw in q1 as well we actually had a relatively soft start for gold etfs in in 2023 and the reasons for that is Uh, There are are, we've seen the strong equity performance um, in markets across the world, which provided competition, obviously, and and question marks about the economic outlook for the U.S., for Europe, for for many other many other economies around the world, um, and then the performance um, and and the, the kind of the the trajectory of interest rates and the pace of tightening from central banks, that all plays a part. They've held up relatively well. Um, the equity markets and interest rates obviously have been increasing, which may have um led to uh, a little less interest um in gold etfs at this moment um but con- contrast that with with bars and coins and actually they were up they were up fairly strongly i think about 6% um and and that really speaks to the fact that we've seen uh, good good interest in in um bar and coin demand for for gold um out of particular markets china is an example of where again uh, benefiting from from the kind of the, the removal of those COVID restrictions that I mentioned earlier. So taking those two together, you know, we saw that Q2 gold investment overall was up 20% uh, year on year. Again, primarily driven by that growth in the bar and coin market. But I also want to make a mention of the OTC uh, investment market as well, the over-the-counter um, that was up um, significantly as well in the quarter, showing that um, in those areas of, of investment, which are maybe a little harder to measure, um, we saw strong, strong interest in, in gold as well. So it, it plays to a really interesting story about how gold investment is working in this environment that we're seeing.
0: Yeah. Obviously, continuing on the uh, investing trail, Um obviously a lot of people that uh, listen to this podcast are involved in the mining industry um, and they may not necessarily understand the true value of what gold is and what it represents. So for those that obviously are listening and haven't invested in gold previously, why would they look at investing in gold, whether that's coins, whether that's bars, whether that's ETFs. Um, I just wonder if you could just summarize for those that have never invested in gold before why they would actually um, look at look at doing so
1: yes of course I mean certainly um we have what we term our strategic case for gold and and that's what we position gold as an investment and the reasons why it it, it is such we believe a, a an important strategic uh, investment that people can make and it forms um and it helps to form a much more well-diversified portfolio. So some of the points that we raise around that and why we believe gold is such a good investment is firstly, gold is a highly liquid asset. And by that, I mean, uh, it has an incredibly large market um, with a, a large number of participants. Um, and it means that, that you can transact very, very easily. You can buy very easily and ordinarily you can sell very easy. And that includes um, times of, of, of market stress. So there have been many instances we've seen historically um, where some investors um, may find some of their investments harder to sell um, in in certain market conditions. Um, And if you look at gold during times of market stress, actually, it maintains that liquidity, which means you can still transact. Um, I would also make the point that gold is no one's liability. So you own the physical gold, it's kept by yourself, you're not relying on a counterparty. So it links to not having a credit risk, for example, you're not worrying about who that counterparty is, their credit worthiness, for example, that gives you that extra security. Um, and, And the final point I would make, actually, is that Gold is scarce. Gold is a relatively scarce material um, and therefore it is is proven over time to actually preserve its value uh, very, very well. Um, And and, and that means, um, you know, when there are times when, you know, portfolio may ebb and flow in terms of value because of your different components, equities, bonds, whatever it might be over the long, long term, which is why we deem it or we believe it's a strategic asset is because it, it holds that value uh, it's certainly something that that can benefit uh, we believe uh, investors over time um, whether that's 10 20 30 years it could be more um, the final the final point i'd make overall um, is is certainly um, gold benefits from a, a number of sources of demand as we've gone through uh, briefly now um, and it's these these uh, these attributes these this very diverse um demand base which <clears throat> gives gold its characteristics allows it to deliver long-term returns and therefore help improve diversification and as i mentioned underpinned by that that large market which which gives it that liquidity that that um is beneficial to to, to many many investors
0: um your report notes that jewelry demand uh remains resilient um obviously in the
1: face of uh pretty high prices
0: um, what factors uh, support jewellery demand?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we did see jewellery consumption um, fall year-on-year year by 3% in Q2. Um, but if you contrast that to the persistent high prices that we've seen in most markets across the globe, you can actually see that as quite a resilient performance, which is what we say in the report. <clears throat> and it's it was relatively flat quarter-on-quarter. Uh, now, ordinarily gold is uh, gold jewelry, I should say, is incredibly sensitive to uh, gold prices, understandably, and income. Now, what we're seeing at the moment is we're seeing relatively high gold prices and question marks uncertainty around economic growth, which therefore has an impact or potential impact on, on incomes. So when we see that gold was down marginally in the quarter, uh, given some of those conditions, Actually, that does paint a a much more positive picture, um, at at least in in relative uh, relative terms. And if we look at some of the markets that that we saw kind of highlights, we can see China was certainly one coming out, as I said, of those zero COVID policies rebounding. Um, Certainly, that was an area of highlight. Uh, But we also saw increases in Turkey and Japan. Now, the buying in particular that we saw in Q2 in jewelry was actually surprisingly driven more maybe by an investment motive. Now, there are instances in certain markets, it's quite common to see gold jewelry, which typically tends to be plainer gold jewelry, bought as a quasi-investment. So it's not simply a piece to be worn only, It's actually forms part of your savings. It becomes an investment because of the content of the gold. Um, so what we actually saw is, is in many markets, because of um, the uncertainty in the economic picture, uh, question marks around, around how economic growth will behave, what's happening with interest rates, We did see instances of uh, jewellery demand being driven by that investment motive, um, because obviously with the prices higher, jewellery demand understandably will will be impacted by the affordability and the cost of living crisis and the impact on disposable incomes. So jewellery bought as a luxury good may have been impacted because of those factors. But certainly, if you look at gold jewelry typically being bought as uh, maybe, as as, as I said, a quasi investment, um, that certainly we saw positivity on in in the most recent quarter. Um, Obviously,
0: speaking about high uh, gold prices, um, it averaged just under uh, $2,000 an ounce uh, during quarter two, um, which I believe is a, a record high also. Um, how did this impact the supply and uh, demand dynamics?
1: It's a good question. Uh, you know, I mean, as I mentioned, gold has a, a very diverse demand base, and because of that, it will behave differently. We we like to call the gold market, um, or a term we use often, is, is its self-balancing nature, and by this we mean the different sectors of gold demand um, will behave differently depending on market conditions and one of one of which is the gold price so in q2 as an example we saw as you say record high quarterly average gold prices now that had a a a, a kind of a, a pressuring impact on uh the more fabrication elements the more consumer driven elements so jewelry for example or technology they were impacted by the higher prices Um, In a negative way, because of affordability, because, you know, incomes were squeezed, people were less able to go out and spend on items such as necklaces or smart devices, whatever, whatever might contain gold. And so we did see that come through in the numbers. However, if you look at the gold price um, the the higher gold price in other contexts is if, say for investment, that's actually a, a positive. You know, we saw that gold price go up, that trend of of increasing gold prices, um, potentially be a positive driver for some investment where investor thought this signals to them that that certainly um the environment that we're in, the economic environment is is highly uncertain. Um, you know, and so for that for that reason that they they would increase increase their their interest in gold and and through that you know buying bars coins or etfs for example um uh, and similarly for central banks again they operate slightly differently um but certainly they're, they're not immune to the gold price so depending on how that's behaving it can potentially have a small impact on on some of the selling especially that we see from certain countries which buy from from domestic sources so The impact of the gold price will be varied. You know, it's not necessarily a simple one-to-one relationship. You know, gold price goes up, gold does well or gold does badly. If you break it down into those those, uh, different sectors, you will see that the gold price will have a slightly different impact. And that leads to the more nuanced picture and, and why we write the report to really help explain not just how the whole gold market Um, in aggregate has performed but how the different components investment jewelry central banks technology for example how they behave and how they they sum up to the overall performance of the gold demand
0: before i ask you uh, a little bit about the outlook of gold the gold industry for the remainder of the year what challenges do you see the gold mining industry face? Um, over, I suppose, the next six months and going into next year, whether that is the price, whether that's production uh, or anything else, what, what challenges do you see the industry facing?
1: Oh, It's a, it's a good question. I mean, I, I certainly think, um, as we mentioned earlier, uh, inflation is still... Very much a, a big factor for for the mining industry. Um, we already talked about only sustaining costs being a, a record high in, in Q1. Uh, we're waiting to find out what the the figure was for Q2. But certainly, um, you know, as we're seeing for uh, CPI for for all of us in our pockets, inflation may come down, uh, but it might do so ever so slowly, which means that that necessarily. Um, and not necessarily that the inflation is just going to disappear overnight for, for, for mining companies either. And so that that creates a potential challenge in terms of managing those costs in relation to how the gold price is doing. Um, certainly on, on the production side, when we haven't been aware or made aware of any, any significant challenges, as we mentioned, Q2 was a record high, Q1 was a record high. And certainly it seems like you know there are relatively few stoppages uh, that are, are causing a, a noticeable impact on 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 global mine production at the moment. So certainly, I think it's very much it's very much mining companies managing managing uh, the, the the cost that they're the cost increases that that they've been seeing for, for the last several quarters, um, which I would imagine are unlikely to to kind of dissipate anytime soon.
0: And lastly, what's the uh, gold outlook? the industry for the remainder of the year uh what do you see happening
1: yeah so i mean for the full year 2023 um our expectation is that investment demand um is going to be relatively unchanged compared to 2022 um if you look we've already spoken about relative softness in etfs uh, and and to a lesser extent bar on coin but Offsetting that is um, stronger OTC investment. So that's going to have a a, a kind of an offsetting effect, um, which means that that's that we believe that it's going to stay relatively stable. I think at the moment, you know, gold in general is is up against a couple of headwinds in terms of uh, the trajectory of interest rates and question marks about where that's going to go. Certainly uh, how that's going to have a knock on effect on things like the US dollar. So there is no no immediate catalysts uh, that we can see to, to propel um, to propel gold's performance uh, at the moment, and that that reflects in investment demand being relatively flat um, as we see at the moment. Um, if you look at jewellery uh, and fabrication for things like technology, again, you know, with the gold price uh, at the level it's at, that might may remain relatively uh, re- relatively subdued because um, because again the affordability angle um not just for consumers but also for for fabricators uh, uh that is is going to have an, a knock on effect uh, and certainly uh, i think we we we're, we're um we're we're likely to see that that pressure continue on affordability into the second half of the year again inflation not likely to to to, to completely disappear anytime soon um and so you know, that's a downside risk for for jewellery and technology. Um, One positive that we can definitely uh, be uh, very optimistic about is central banks. as it stands, we, we foresee that uh, central banks are going to remain net purchases for H2 and overall H1, uh, sorry, full year 2023. Um, and again, you know, the, the reasons why I, I think we've spoken about previously, but, but you know, the uncertainty that we've mentioned in the market, the, the lack of counterparty risk. I think gold is, is um, a very natural asset for central banks to own. Uh, and certainly the trend that we've seen since 2010 is very much of accumulation. And they continue to do so uh, a fair clip, so we don't certainly see that changing around abruptly anytime soon. So certainly, central banks we believe will be will be positive um, a, a positive uh, for for gold demand in in the year as a whole. Um, so that that's a flavour of some of our some of our uh, demand expectations on the supply side. We've already mentioned about how we we feel that. Um, Mine production is on course, potentially for being an annual record. Um, and again, on the recycling side, something we haven't touched upon yet for the full year with high prices, um, that potentially lends its support to higher recycling. Um, we haven't seen a significant pickup just yet, um, but we, we maintain uh, maintain a, a view on that, that that potentially with the higher prices, if they become sustained uh, or, or increase more, then potentially that might might elicit a bit more recycling in the market.
0: Christian, really appreciate your time and and give us an update on the the gold industry and obviously uh, your report that you uh, recently released. Um, If our audience wants to um, view that document, um, wonder how they can go about doing that. Obviously, uh, you've got the website. Uh, Is the Gold Council on other social media platforms as well?
1: yeah absolutely so we we have our website goldhub.com you can download our gold demand trends report um and certainly you can see all of our insight and research and data uh available on there as well um uh we are on twitter or x whatever it's called um uh, at uh, gold council i'm on on twitter x as well uh at Krishan gopal and, and we 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 post regularly updates on 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 news and the gold market that we think is very relevant. Um, so you can definitely check us out on there. Um, so yeah, those are those are the main main ways in which to stay up to date with with all the the, the kind of the content that we put out. Um, and certainly, you know, we hope that it's it's useful for people in the market.
0: Yeah, certainly. And we include those in the show notes accompanying this uh, episode as well for easy access. Like I said, really appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. And hope you enjoyed that episode and appreciate if you can share this obviously with people in the industry, but people outside of the industry. Gold can be relevant to everyone, everyone in the world, whether it's for investment, people may use it for jewelry. Um, So it gets people outside of the mining industry understanding what gold, what relevance gold is in our in our life. And I think a lot of people don't know that gold is in certain Um, technologies that we use obviously a minute uh, amount but it'd be good to if you can share this episode with people outside the mining industry as well as obviously people inside the mining industry so hope you enjoyed that episode lots to take away there Um, and until next time happy mining thank you for listening remember to reach out to rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review until next time happy mining helping each other to improve the mining industry.